Everybody good? Feels good to get outside your comfort zone and say hi to someone that you maybe haven't talked to in a while or never met before. It's a good thing. Anyways, uh, today I wanted to talk a little bit about looking into the future of your 2018, which might not sound like a very spiritual message, but actually it's very, very spiritual. I want to talk about three very key words if you're taking notes. I want to talk about focus, determination, and endurance. Focus, determination, and endurance. It's amazing at this time of year when you actually start looking around at people and you see all the different people's, uh, their, their different New Year's resolutions and all the different things that they've made. They started off three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, right? And they were very, very adamant that they'd come up with a new leaf that they're just about to turn, right? But uh, I got a good friend who 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 uh, has actually got a few friends that are in the gym industry, the fitness industry. And they say that around this time of year, there's actually a surge of a whole bunch of people that make it for about two, three weeks at the gym. And gyms are like slam-packed. And then all of a sudden, they just go back to normal. Because a lot of people, most people, have good intentions, but no follow-through. Now, it's not, this is not a Bible scripture, but actually a lot of people probably think it is. It says, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. A lot of people have thoughts to do like good things. And like, oh, I'm going to do this, or this is going to be my goal, and I'm going to achieve this. And a month later, it's just totally blown out. And they're like, yeah, uh, maybe I was a little too zealous. Right? Yeah. Who's ever been there and done that before? I have. I could probably put, if I could, put both hands and both feet up in the air, and I probably have to be sitting down. But I've done that stuff before. But people that have intentions are actually just dreamers. But the ones that have focus, determination, and endurance are accomplishers. And this year, you're called to be an accomplisher. Amen? There's things that you haven't got done in the last few years that actually need to get done. There's there's achievements that you need to make this year and not just let another year roll by. Right? Like for me this year, I'm going to lose a whole bunch of weight. I'm going to do that. It's one of the things I'm going to do. I'm going to do a bunch of things this year. I've got two more books to write this year. I'm going to lose a whole bunch of weight. We're going to go and start to build an activation school in Singapore that will go every year. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we are going to do, we're extremely determined on, but without focus, it's not going to come. Because there's people that talk vaguely about what they're going to do, and then there's people that talk very specifically about what they're going to do. And unless you're prepared to look at the specifics of what you're going to do, you're actually just going to be lost in the vague mural of what you possibly could have done. So specifics can only be seen with focus. Now, I like to hunt. I go up into the mountains like 12,000 feet. You won't see anyone for miles or days of hiking. And I have very, very powerful uh, scopes on my rifles. And I have very, very powerful binoculars. Now, it's all good and well to look at the hill that's like one and a half miles away with your binoculars. But if it's not in focus, you're just going to see this kind of blurry image of a hill. And you'll never see the pinpoint animal that's that's a mile and a half away that you're trying to hunt. Sorry, animal lovers. I love animals too. They're in my freezer. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that until you decide to become focused and start to turn the dial on the top, at least on my binoculars, on the top of my binoculars, the, the lens starts to shift in such a way where I start to have correct perspective and I start looking correctly and accurately on my destination. 
A lot of people know what they need to do or what they should do, but not many people actually know how to look at it properly and how to go where they need to go. And that's the problem is because most people are not willing to be focused. This year you need to be focused. You see, you guys remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Jacob and Esau were twins and Esau actually came out of the womb first and in that particular time, he actually had the birthright. He had the birthright, which basically would mean that he gets the entire family inheritance and that Jacob would have got nothing. Esau was complacent and entitled in his actual, in his actual thing that he was Jew and his brother Jacob, who wasn't entitled to it, became so focused that he ended up getting it. Got to remember this. You can, you can a lot of people, you've ever heard that little, that little story, the tortoise and the hare? Technically, the hare should have won 20 times over, 100%. But the thing that the hare didn't have, it was focus. The tortoise had focus. There have been people that I've grown up around in my life from a young age, and some of them had so much access. Like one of, them, my, one of my friends was a, the, a son of multi, multi-millionaires. They, contract, they were in New Zealand where I grew up. They contracted to Disney. They had crazy they had animation school. They had so much money. I'd never seen so much money in all my life. And my parents weren't poor. They were, they were well off. But this was next level. But this guy was extremely sporadic. And he would like take off with these amazing projects. Like I mean, the guy was incredibly talented. He'd take off with these amazing, explosive, t- uh, talented projects. And all of a sudden, six months later, I was like, what happened, man? He's like, oh, I just lost interest. Focus is the ability to zone in on a goal or a target and not take your gaze away until you hold it. Focus is fueled by determination and poured into with endurance. Some people will have temporary focus and they'll go join the gym. But without determination, they won't actually stay at the gym all year long. But focus is something where people will come in and they'll see accurately what they need to do. But unless you have determination, like a vehement, I'm gonna have this no matter what it costs me, and you start getting that gridded thing where it's like, look, Two weeks ago, a week and a half ago was my son's birthday and my, my wife made a phenomenal birthday cake and I like cake. And I, did, I looked at that thing, I didn't eat that cake. I had to be determined not to do that, not just focused. You can't just be, well, I'm going to be in this shape, but, da, 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 but this, isn't a fitness, this isn't a fitness chat, but you get my point. I'm using it as an, as an example. Yeah. Determination is like the passion that grips something, but without endurance, you're actually not going to make it the long distance because, well, I was determined, but I haven't seen the results and so because even though I was focused and I was determined, it's been a couple of months now and I haven't seen results, so I think I'm going to compromise. Hello. Yeah. See, that's why you need endurance. Yeah. Endurance kicks in where it's like, I'm in this for the long haul. doesn't matter if I don't see results in four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. I am going to stick at this thing. Okay, so focus, determination, and endurance are the three key words you need for 2018. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, come with me, please. We're in a culture where everyone is pretty much lulled into complacency, and if it's too hard, people give up. If a relationship's too hard, people give up. If the diet's too hard, people give up. If the job's too hard, people give up. If that invention that you're working on doesn't work out, people give up. 
I think Colonel Sanders, I think he was turned away from over 200 restaurants. I think, I think that, I, I didn't check that out before the message, but I think it was like 200-ish. He took his recipe to like 200 restaurants and tried to sell the recipe to 200 restaurants and no one would buy it. They all told him he was an idiot. Colonel Sanders. And now look at him. How you like me now? Okay, finger licking good. That's how much you like him now. See what, do you see what happened there? I was talking about diets, 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 and all of a sudden I lost my focus and now I'm talking about KFC. That's messed up. But, 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 but my point is this is that he didn't let anyone else's negativity, he didn't let any amount of no's, you're no good, or people's opinions saying you're going to fail, change his focus or his determination because his third ingredient of endurance was, I am going to push with this until I see a result. That's what it looks like. And a lot of the times, guys, when God shows you something, he shows you something that's a long way off. But when you hear him speak it to you or when you feel like he's showing you something, because we see things through the eyes of faith, faith is now the substance. So you believe because God showed you something, it's going to happen now. Does this make sense? Now faith So you think, oh, God showed it to me, so I think I can actually have that next month. And so what happens is is you step in and you start to think, well, this is going to happen within this time frame. And you just add a fourth component which messes everything up called conditions. (coughs) Expectations. Expectations will disappoint you every time. Conditions, when you haven't designed the journey, will always cause you to give up. So... We have to become focused, we have to become determined, and we have to become enduring without any conditions of when it's supposed to happen by. It's one of the number one things that causes people to get disappointed in God. Well, God didn't do that thing for me that I thought he was going to do. Yeah, that, that part where you said you thought, that's where you messed up. You thought that God was supposed to do it within your parameters instead of his. Remember, it's God's promise, not yours. You see? So timing isn't our governance. It's God's. Obedience, focus, determination, and endurances. Okay. One of the stories that I absolutely love in the Bible is you actually see Caleb. You guys remember the 12 spies of Israel that went over into Canaan? You remember that story? They, 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 they've spent all this time in the desert coming away from, from Pharaoh, and I think they'd only probably been gone a couple of months. And they send these spies over the river of, of Jordan, into the land of Canaan where God had promised them the land and they actually see literal giants in the land. Ten spies of the twelve come back saying, God promised it to us but it's impossible. And two come back, Joshua and Caleb, saying we can do this. And what happens was because there was a vote, sometimes you believe democracy is going to take you in the right way. There was a vote and everyone was like, oh, we're going to stay in fear and we're going to miss out. Then they spent 40 years in the desert because they actually basically flipped off God and said, hey, we don't believe your promise. Endurance, focus, determination, we're not present. Do you notice that? You can only inherit when you believe promises and you are passionately pursuing them. It's the only time you will actually start to come into breakthrough in promises. And so what happened was is they spent 40 years in the desert And then 40 years later, God was like, I'm going to open the door again for you to go through. You can take it now. And then what Caleb said has just, it just grips me every time. Matter of fact, I read it one Tuesday night. 
he was like, I was 40 then, or 45, and now I'm 85. And I'm just as strong now as I was then. Now give me my mountain. And he wasn't talking about the mountain in the desert. He was talking about the mountain in the promised land. So for 40 years, while they stayed in the desert, he kept his focus where, he told it, where God had told him his promise was. And that's what promises look like. Promises look like when God speaks, you become so focused on what he has said that you're not willing to give up the dream. And then once you're not willing to give up the dream, you start to get a determination in yourself that says, I will not let go. And once you are saying, I will not let go, then endurance is able to come and say, no matter how long it takes. And that's how breakthrough is inherited. That's how promises are inherited over long periods of time. But you have to understand that the process is actually what's going to make you. Because while the promise is the carrot on the end of the stick, the journey is the workshop. Please get this. The promise is the carrot on the end of the stick. You guys ever seen that where the, the old horse and cart where the, the, the guy would like hold out a stick with a carrot and the, the, the horse would be like, I'm just trying to get to the carrot. I'm just trying to get to the carrot. Next thing he's taking him 40 miles across town trying to get this carrot. Do you get, you get what I'm saying? So the promise where God actually casts a dream or he invites us into something or he starts to say, you know, this is your year for this is going to happen and that's going to happen. That's actually God speaking vision cast to you. Okay, he's vision casting. But the journey of you getting to that promise is the workshop that he changes you and qualifies you in the process. And that part is actually more valuable to God than the breakthrough. So when people try and get out of their season quickly, every single time they sabotage the actual plan of God. You get what I'm saying? Come on, this is your year. Say 2018 is my year to conquer giants. And it's my year to get breakthrough. It's my year to grow up. And it's my year to inherit. So, so I agree with you, and I agree with what you've just said out of your mouth. But now you're going to have to do something about it. Okay, so let's look at this. Come with me to Isaiah chapter 55, please. Because everyone loves, everyone loves a really encouraging, you know, motivational pep talk. But a pep talk's not going to get you there. And a motivational chat's not going to do it either. You actually engaging the gears and the wheels of your life is actually what's going to cause you to engage in the breakthrough. This is the truth. Can I say the Bible says that as the Father's, speaking of God, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What does that mean? It's the Father's good pleasure to give you everything you need. To give you to give you uh, uh, those callings and destinies, to give you those visions and those breakthroughs and those dreams. It's His pleasure to give you that stuff. God doesn't want to hold any good thing back from you. He just wants you to seek first the kingdom of God. Amen. So Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him go to, return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. That's what I was saying before. If you've got stuff messed up in your life, just go to God. He actually wants to pardon you and forgive you and make, like, act like that was never there. But that's just not a repeated cycle where it's like, hey God, I did the same thing. 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 I mean, that's just messed up. That's God's version of Groundhog Day like you know, seven billion times over. 
God's not looking to do that. He's actually looking to invest you into breakthrough where you climb up out of the thing that used to bind you and that no longer touches you and now you can take a step forward further towards the actual promise and purpose of your life. Does this make sense? So God's not trying to empower uh, uh, the same broken problem. He's actually looking to get you up out of it where chains break off you and you start to mature. Because maturity means you leave the old things behind and you start to be freed up to embrace the new. Come on, somebody. This is great. Okay, awesome. Okay, so verse 8. For my thought, this is God speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, sorry, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As, as, sorry, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. This is why reasoning will get you in trouble every time when you're on a journey. Because the second you start to use your brain to calculate whether something's right or wrong, whether something's actually starting to succeed or fail, whether something's actually looking good or not, you've actually just gone from the heavens down to the earth. When you're following God, a lot of the time, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. And especially when God promises you something, there's things that God has promised me 15 years ago that I know for sure that I'm going to hold or I'm going to walk in or I'm going to operate in, but they're not for right now. That's how disappointment comes. When the, if the devil can get you to believe that you're living below your purpose, he can actually get you to sabotage your journey with God. That's what he did with Eve in the garden. He said, you're living below your purpose, as God really said. He said, you're supposed to be on the level of God. And that's where Eve actually made her mistake. And that's why we're all here today and not sitting in heaven. Does this make sense? So, so God wants us to understand that our journey doesn't always look good to us. Growth, let's go back to the gym again. Growth never happens when you're standing in front of the mirror looking at yourself. Growth doesn't happen when you get someone to snap a selfie and pop it up on Instagram. That's not growth. Growth happens when you're busting on the leg press or you're doing a deadlift and all your muscles are screaming in your body, stop. And what do you do? You push through anyways, right? Because you understand that stretching of your muscles causes growth. So we have to understand that in the journey of our life, it's not the good days that cause development. It's the days when you have to hold on with no, nothing great happening on the horizon. Do you understand this? And that's the days where it's easiest to give up because everything in you is saying, hey, this isn't working. And that's why you need to have focus. Focus, determination, and endurance. Okay, verse 10. For as, now, this is awesome because these guys were just talking about the rain coming down from heaven, right? You were singing about rain coming down from heaven which just, I just took a little photo. I'm like, man, I just love it how God just does these little confirming little things. Verse 10, for as the rain comes down uh, and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it, make it bring forth bud. It's not that kind of bud. It's the other kind of bud. Okay. That may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish what I sent it to do or it, what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it to do. Now it's just been completely shifted around. Now we're actually starting to see destiny and promise from God's point of view. Do you understand that God is the most focused being you've ever imagined? Do you understand he is the most determined being that you've ever imagined? That's why he's already written the end of the book. That's why he's already told everyone, hey, Satan's going to burn forever in hell. Do you really think that, that God's a fairy tale? That God's like, well, hopefully it all works out. Or do you believe that's the done, done thing? Right? God, When God speaks, it's done. 
by the way, I've already put my reservation in with God. I want front row seats when the devil burns in hell because he's caused enough problems and I want to see it go down. Yeah, it's fair enough, right? Some of you just need to hate the devil a little bit more and love Jesus a little more. You'd be a whole lot better. <laughs> it's the truth. So, so God is now telling us, look at this. God is so convinced that he is actually God, if you could possibly imagine that. So shall it be that my, my word goes out. What he's saying is, as water comes down from the snow and the rain, and it waters the earth, and it causes things to grow, that's how my word works. So when God speaks, it doesn't just hover in the atmosphere, it actually goes into soil if you'll steward it properly, and it'll cause something to grow. God is so determined that when he speaks a promise or when he says something over your life and says, hey, I've called you to be such and such, or hey, I'm going to raise you up in the science world, or hey, I'm going to give you a job, or hey, you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be in ministry, hey, you're going to be a missionary, you're going to go to the nations, whatever that looks like. When God says, well, let's just bring it in a little bit. When God says, hey, your, your sister, your brother, your friend, your daughter is going to be saved. When God says that stuff, God is not playing. He's very convinced that when he speaks, his words hold weight. And it's not just the vain imagination that he's saying possibly, maybe, if. He's, he's like a judge that puts the hammer down and says, this is how it is. This is exactly what's going to happen. And something starts to shift. Focus is the only thing, because when God makes a promise, this is, what, this is what it looks like. When God makes a promise, it's going to happen as long as you stay in agreement with him. If you get out of agreement with God by fa- or disbelief, that's why it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, that's trusting God completely, it's impossible to please him because it's his good pleasure to give you things. And when you don't believe, you frustrate his good pleasure to bless you. Do you start to see the nature of God here? So God is wanting to bless you, and when you refuse to believe, not just on on January 1st when you decide to join the gym, but on March 3rd when it's been a little rough. When you decide that God is actually convinced that what what he said is true, and that you're convinced that what God has said is true, and you're going to go the distance, you actually can start to see things break through in your life. Someone getting something right now? We need to be challenged. We need to be challenged in this because most people have given up and then they blame God. Oh, God never did that one thing for me. Well, let's, look, let's talk about your focus. Let's talk about your determination. Let's talk about your endurance. See, Hebrews 11 actually starts talking about the heroes of faith. Some of them died believing, not even yet seeing the thing that they were promised. How's that for your modern 2018 Christianity? Hello. See, faith actually locks in like a homing target and it just will not let go. You guys know what pit bulls are? Pit bulls have this thing called lockjaw where they'll actually bite. And there's other animals that'll do this too. They'll bite and their jaws will actually go into a lock clamp where they will not let go. Their jaws have to be physically pried off. I hope that never happens to you. But you need to be like that with God. You need to start to latch on to things where it's like, God has said this one thing to me and I'm going to have it. Now, at the same time, I'm not going to tell God when he's supposed to do it because I understand that the journey is just as important, if not more important, to God. This is, under, this is actually just called being a wise son, wise daughter. Hey, man, I don't tell my kid when we're taking the next vacation. I say, hey, we're going to take a vacation. And we're going to the mountains. Whoa, really? Yeah, awesome. Thanks for believing me. 
you know, but I'm not going to tell him, hey, it's T minus 45 days and three hours and 37 seconds. And he's like, you better do it on time, Dad. You better fire up the truck and have it all loaded. But we do that to God. We do that, we do that thing to God, and it's, it's really messed up. So Esau, Esau didn't have focus, determination, or endurance, but you have to. And I have to. See, my wife and I, and I can speak on behalf of Pastor Jeff too, we moved out here um, quite some time ago, and this church has been something that God has called us here to do. Now, we could take a much easier road and say, oh, hey, we can go to a church story there and just move in. I mean, that's not my style anyways, but I'm just speaking hypothetically. Hey, man, it's actually really hard pioneering a brand new church. A young church, people need a lot of help. It's like, man, this is really tough. I don't know if God really called us here. Three, four, five years later, man, how come the building's not full? Well, I don't really, that's actually not my opinion. My opinion is actually just to do all the things that God's told me to do and not ask questions. Except, what do you want me to do next, God? What can I do, what can I do better? How can I grow? What, what in this journey do you want me to learn? The problem is, is that we've, we've been taught to become very critical consumers. We rate everything. If someone ticks us off, we go straight to Yelp. We go straight to their Facebook page and put a bad review. Hello? Come on. And the culture has taught us to do that. People date like that. No, 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 no. You get what I'm saying? And so it's this whole messed up mentality that our culture has developed. And so what happens is the second someone starts to become uncomfortable or awkward around us, we dismiss them. And we do that with the promises that God's given us. Uh, I don't know, this journey you've given me is a bit rough, God. It's not quite as awesome as I'm used to. Oh, hey, hey, God, this prison that you've had me in, that I got falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, I've been in prison for 14 years, God. This doesn't seem like the good life that you promised. Hello. The results are not your job. The obedience is like you've heard me say before. Focus will keep you. Determination will keep you. And endurance will keep you. Remember this. Looking unto Jesus, the author, not me. I didn't write the story. I don't get to edit it on Microsoft Word. The author and the completer of your faith and your story. That's who you follow. Okay. Someone getting something right now. So I want to talk about Paul for a second. Um, in the book of Philippians, you don't need to turn there. Paul was gripped. That This is actually what I was trying to say before. I wrote this down, and it's probably better that I wrote it down sometimes, because otherwise you forget it when you're actually speaking. Paul was gripped by a relational truth he had in Jesus. See, we can't do this out of fact. I can't tell you that a two-dimensional book, this is, not a two, this is, this is the Word of God, but if, if I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, this book would just be two-dimensional to me. This would just be a bunch of strange words. But because I have a relationship with Jesus, this book comes alive, right? So Paul was gripped by a relational truth he had in Jesus, and he ran to the end with determination that was guided by focus and fuel, sorry, and fueled by endurance. Determination that was guided by focus. That looks like a missile, all the power in a missile, determination, with a guidance system of focus. Okay, and the fuel inside the rocket was endurance. It's like that little energizer bunny. 
And this is what he said at the end of his life. Because we, we have to get out of this haphazard Christianity, guys. And even the ones of us that say that we're on fire, we have to get out of this haphazard thing where it's like, oh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. No, and we actually need to start looking and becoming focused and determined and having endurance. This is what Paul said. This is the end of his life. This is a man that was beaten and like all kinds of crazy stuff happened. A shipwreck, like put in prison just for the gospel. This is what he says at the end of his life. What an awesome hallmark to say this in your sign-off statement before getting near to when you die. He said, I fought the good fight and I have finished the race and I have kept the faith. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. See, this needs to be your 2018. I don't want to tell you, like, this is how you're going to die, but this is what I want to, because some, for some of you, it's a long time away in a galaxy far, far off that you haven't even thought about yet. But what I do want to talk to you about is I want to talk to you about how you're going to approach 2018. Because you're already three weeks in, and three weeks in that you've been haphazard and unfocused in. See, if you, if you really get close to me, you, you start to see that, and, and anyone that's close enough to me will tell you this that my life is made up of a series of lists. I have lists, true Robert, this is true. I have a series of lists for multiple departments in my life and they are goals that I consecutively build strategies on how I'm going to achieve them. Now, you, you can't always do that around spiritual things because sometimes journeys you can't strategize. God's just taking you that you don't fully know what that looks like. But in my life, I used to be, when I was, let's just say 15 years ago, I probably a little bit more than 15 years ago, I was very disorganized. I was very haphazard. It was just kind of happening and I was trying to just keep it together and process stuff as it was coming in the door. And I started praying to God and I said, God, please make me one of the most organized people I've ever met. Please make me one of the most determined and focused people I've ever met that can articulate details and remember. That's what I, that's what I asked God for. I asked for details, articulation, which is getting down to the little, little tiny you know, specifics and a good memory. Because unless you can remind yourself of what God said, you will never remember where you're going. That's why the Bible says in Habakkuk, write the vision down, make it plain on a tablet. Now, back then, they didn't know about iPads, so <laughs> now you've got iPads, so that's taken on a whole new, whole new meaning. <laughs> write it down on parchment paper or pen or, or on your computer. Put it somewhere so when God speaks a vision to you, you need to write it down. Because if you don't write it down or God shows you something or you start having something where it's like, this year I'm going to conquer that. You actually start to forget. Two, three weeks go by, the busyness of life kicks in and you lose your focus. And because you lose your focus, you've got your endurance and your determination going elsewhere. And because that happens, your missile starts to go off to the wrong things. And you get to December 29 of 2018. And you turn around and you say, man, I was, I was planning on achieving so much and nothing happened. God is a God of details and specifics. He's a God with an agenda. He's a God with a plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil, to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Do you understand how detailed and planned God is? This didn't happen by accident. The universe was made by articulate, strategic design. And it's phenomenal. I think to the point that if the earth was a foot closer to the sun, we'd burn and a foot further away, we'd, we'd freeze. I mean, don't, don't, tell me that's, don't tell me that's evolution. That's design. Under, you, you, I don't know, I'm going to leave that right there. Anyways, so Paul, he finished well because he focused well. 
Paul finished well because he was determined. And he finished well because he endured well. I've run the good race. I've fought the fight. Fought the good fight. And I've finished the race and I've kept the faith. Awesome. Okay, two more scriptures and I'm going to close. I'm actually doing really good. This is like a special Sunday. (laughs) Everything's happening pretty good on time-wise here. We're we're doing okay. Okay. Um, Let's go to... uh, Go to Isaiah chapter 50, so it's five five chapters back from where we were. Isaiah 50 verse 7. For the Lord God will help me, therefore I will not be disgraced. Say this with me. God is going to help me, and I'm not going to be made ashamed. See, that's awesome. When God helps you, you don't have to worry about failing. If you ask people what their number one, if you you got 100 people together right now, and you said, what's your number one fear? Most people would have something in the lines of failure. I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. I don't want to fail. Do you understand that if God's helping you, you can't fail? Even if the results don't look quite right, the story's not finished. Too many people judge a result halfway through the story. It's not actually a result. It's a process. I'm going to say that again. Too many people judge the result halfway through the story, but it's not a result. It's a process. You're looking at something in the middle of an equation rather than the end. And you need to wait sometimes because we, we say, that's it, I'm going to look at this now, I'm going to assess my life. It's the middle of the year, nothing's happened. God obviously didn't tell me or I didn't hear God. Right, so let's read the second half. Therefore, because God is going to help me, because he's going to make sure that I'm not ashamed, therefore I will set my face like a flint. What is a flint? A flint's a very sharp, it's a type of rock that if you hit it a certain way, it's like you know, those cavemen dudes. Or like if you're trying to start a fire. You hit the rock a certain way and it actually starts to shingle in such a way where it becomes very sharp. To the point, you can cut like a steel blade with it. Okay. Therefore, I have set my face as like a flint and I know that I will not be ashamed. In other words, God's with me and I can take risks and I'm going to do this because it's not actually a risk. I'm just actually obeying what God said. To everyone else, it might look like a risk. It might look stupid. But to me, God's with me and I'm not going to be ashamed. Okay. Um, come with me back over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 9. Okay, Luke chapter 9, verse 51. This is speaking of Jesus now. Now, please note, it's, it's chapter 9. It's not the end of the book. It's not the time when Jesus was crucified. Watch this. Now, verse 51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem. Notice Isaiah, I will set my face like a flint. Jesus here is setting his face like a flint to do the will of the Father. And it's interesting that he started looking towards Jerusalem, but he actually wasn't going directly to Jerusalem. Everyone knows that Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem, right? So Jesus was actually going to Jerusalem on a series of journeys of a bunch of different things that he was going to be doing, right? Jesus had a focus on his destination, understanding that it wasn't an immediate outcome. He set his face to Jerusalem, and yet he had a few things to do still. But in in the journey, it's like, have you ever run errands? It's like, well, I've got to do this one really important thing. I've got to go to Costco, right? But while I'm out, I need to do all these things on the way. That's what Jesus did. Ultimately, I'm going to Costco, 
but I've got to go over to the UPS store, I've got to go over here, I've got to go over there, I've got to go buy the, you know, the oil and lube and get my car serviced, but I'm going to Costco. That's what Jesus was doing here. His, his focus, he understood that he'd been sent to earth to redeem all of us. And that the only way that could happen was if he went to Jerusalem and was crucified. Now that's obviously not something that you want to happen. And it's not, hey, my 2018, man, I just want to get crucified. That's not what I'm trying to tell you to do. Okay? But I'm trying to talk to you about the focus that Jesus had. Jesus understood who he was. A lot of you have ideas of who God's uh, called you to be. A lot of you have actually got ideas of what God wants to do in your life this year. But it's not going to happen right away for the most part. It's going to happen in the process of the journey being worked out. You just have to understand who you are and who God's called you to be. So I'm going to read out a couple of things real quick here, which might just prompt you. I just thought I'd write down a couple of things. Maybe, so what is God saying over you in 2018? Does he want you to learn something new? Does he want you to develop a gift this year? Does he want you to learn a musical instrument or develop a career skill? How about reading more of the Bible? Right? Some of us know the things that we should be doing, but we just haven't done them because we're not focused. And we've got time for everything else, but the things that matters, the things that matter seem to not get our attention, and that's purely because our value isn't on them. You will find the things, you will find time to do the things that you value and focus on. Always. Don't tell me that you haven't got time. You just haven't got focus. That's the truth. People say, I haven't got time to do that. No, that's not true. You've got time. You just don't have focus. And you don't have desire and value. You have an understanding that it's something you should do. Something you could do. But because you refuse focus and determination and endurance in your life, you just don't do them. And time goes on and you bury your talent. The thing that you knew that you should do, but you're afraid of, oh, I'm not quite sure because there's all these other things I want to do. So you bury your talent and nothing ever happens and you become unfruitful. That's true. This is, this is good stuff. I told you I was going to be talking about an encouraging message today. It's time to conquer that one area. Sorry, is it time to conquer that one area of the weakness in your life that dominates your failures and negative track records? 2018, come on. Some of you need to go to war with the things that have been at war with you. Some of you need to put things down in your life that have actually been dominating you and causing you to have all kinds of failures. It's true, right? There's certain things that we tolerate and we don't kill. If you're focused, you'll actually just take care of it. And if you need to get help, hey, that's what we're here for. We're here to help. If you need help, if there's an area in your life that you've been struggling in, hey, we're here to help. But at least step out and say, hey, I need, to, I need to kill this thing. I need to be accountable about this thing. And I need to move forward on this thing and actually start to eliminate this thing out of my life. Yeah. Come on, somebody. This is a challenge for your year. The thing that I want to ask you about is who, and I'm not trying to be a motivational speaker. I'm trying to pull you forward. I'm trying to, come on. You were made for more. Don't end the year like you started it. Don't get to the end of the year and say, well, I'm going to hand my chips back that I've kind of accumulated over the year, right? So some of you need to conquer a few things. Is it time to see someone in your life saved? Here's a question. Uh, Are you prepared to to let another year go by where you don't actually get someone saved? That's a good question to ask anyone that says they love Jesus. Are you prepared to let another year go by where you don't let anyone get saved and you don't make an effort to see anyone get saved? That's a sobering question. 
I think that's God, like just playing drums on the roof. Okay. Uh, is it time to grow up in certain areas of your life that you'll barely even admit to yourself? Some of us, we take pride in the fact that we're rebellious juveniles. I fought the good fight. I've run the race. I've kept the faith. Some of you need to kill the things that are actually fighting that. Okay, some of us actually need to stop acting like we're in, in college still. It's true. It's time to grow up. Right? I mean, you, you won't ever find... Let, let, me, let me just make my point here. If I had... You guys all know the, the show Shark Tank? Those billionaire... Like, I love watching that show because it inspires me and it challenges me and it makes me think outside my box. I love business and I love that kind of thing. But if one of those people from the Shark Tank came in and, and sat in front of you, would you be making excuses? Would you be unfocused? Someone that can invest half a million dollars into you. Would you be... Would you be uh, you know, blasé and still goofing around like a kid? Absolutely not. You would be like sitting up straight in your best clothes, eyes attention, focused with notes ready to go, right? True, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Do it with God. Do it with yourself where you start to say, this year I'm getting my breakthrough. This year I'm going to get up and over in that business thing that I've been working on. This year I'm going to actually take my job seriously and start to produce in my role and actually become, you know, uh, a valuable asset and people in my company will see me and I might get promoted. Come on, this is good stuff right now. Do you really think that God designed you to be a low level? Do you really believe that God designed you to be someone that everyone had to tolerate or someone that actually was a blessing to everyone they went, everywhere they went? Come on, excellence is noticed by everyone. People that have excellence always carry with themselves focus, determination, endurance. No one ever that was notable in life was the lazy person. No one ever that was notable or valuable to other people in life was the person that was blasé and that was super casual. All the successful people that I've ever met, and I'm not trying to say, you know, you have to make money. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking about you being valuable to yourself, valuable to God, and valuable to people around you. Because you should be blessing your community. You should be blessing your family. You should be blessing your workplace with excellence. If you want to do well in life, that is. If not, it's totally fine. Don't listen to anything I'm saying. I won't be offended at all. It won't affect me. Yeah, so, so we have to, I'm only, there are just a couple of questions I wrote down to prompt us, but we actually need to start looking at things in our lives and say, what is it and how is it areas where they've just slipped over the years? While I've been talking, some of you have been thinking like, man, there's this one area in my life, or maybe there's more than one, where I've just watched it kind of sludge from year to year, and it's just kind of been sloppy area, or it's been something that I've always just never paid attention to. It's like, it's just gone on for years. One year goes by, two years goes by, three years. Because what happens is you build a habit of toleration. You build a habitual acceptance of tolerating living below your levels, living below your destiny and your, and your design. Does this make sense? So, so this year, I want to really encourage each one of us that we actually start to get focused. Maybe you need to sit down with a pad and pen. Maybe you need to, and you know, sometimes it's embarrassing because there's certain areas in our lives that we've tolerated that they're a little humiliating if we talk about with people. Maybe you do need to talk about it with someone. Maybe you need to get over your fear of like feeling bad about yourself and wondering if people are going to accept you. Just talk about it with the right people. But get a pad and pen and write all the areas that you're not happy about in your life. 
Maybe I'm a little overweight. Maybe, maybe, you know, um, maybe I'm always late to things. That's a good one to, to work on. Because how's anyone going to accept you or, or not accept you? How's anyone going to ever value you if you're always the guy that shows up 20, 30 minutes late? Yeah. I, know you, I know your boss won't accept that. But we expect everyone else in our life to, including God. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? So maybe you need to write these things down and actually go to war with some of the things that are actually stopping you from growing. Amen? Amen. And then actually some of the areas where you know that God's been calling on you, like, come on guys, Holy Spirit has a voice. Some of you might call it conscience. Some of you know him as Holy Spirit, but he's talking. And he doesn't talk real loud. He's just this very gentle tugging at your heart. Very gentle. He doesn't condemn you. He just speaks. It's convicting. And we become masters of pushing it under the rug, don't we? Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, that seems too extreme. Yeah, that's too intense. But it's actually God pulling on you. And actually, maybe it's time that you start yielding to God and giving him all of you rather than just 10%. Or even just 80%. Maybe it's time to give everything in these areas of your lives. Amen. Amen. I'm going to close my message with that. I hope it's helped somebody. Why don't we stand to our feet for a second and uh, just stand up and close your eyes. We're going to, someone could just, we're going to have an altar call here in a second. But I think this is the kind of message that really gets everyone, including myself. So I'm not picking on anyone. I don't know why I would do that, but that, that, that's not, I'm not trying to like make anyone feel awkward, but I am trying to invite you into greater levels of your destiny. Because 2018, has, there has to come a point where you put your foot down and say, that's enough. I'm not going to keep slipping out and sliding on my life. I'm actually going to start making some traction. It's time for me to start taking the promised land. Because here's the thing. Caleb didn't enjoy living in the desert for 40 years, but he kept his focus. Some of you don't have to live in the desert. You could cross over now. Can I tell you something phenomenal and very profound? Your life being radically different is a 30-second decision away. It takes 30 seconds. No, it takes a fraction of a second to make a decision to shift your life and stop tolerating mediocre stuff, mediocre level. Oh, I'm just going to compromise with that. Oh, I'm just going to do this halfway. Oh, I'm just going to do that. You ever notice that you look around behind your life and you look at your last few years of history and you see all these projects that started and stopped, started and stopped, started and stopped? That's just someone that doesn't have focus and endurance and determination. And if that's you, make a decision, a fraction of a second decision today. Say, I'm going to get this. And I'm going to do whatever it takes. Maybe you need to read books. Maybe you need to do some stuff. Maybe you need to, primarily, you need to spend a whole bunch more time in prayer asking God to help you. Because you don't have to be a genius. You just have to be smart enough to ask God to help you in the things you're weak with. Do you understand? It only takes a couple of things to shift where everything starts to move. Who do you want to be by the end of this year? Some things timing-wise are in God's control, but who do you want to be? Do you want to be focused or do you want to be blurry? Do you want to be determined about... See, here's a really here's a real messed up part. People that aren't focused become determined about the wrong things that are actually going to mess their lives up. That's, that's a tragic one. As you watch people that are focused on the wrong stuff and they become determined about it instead of being focused on the right stuff. Yeah. So it's actually important that you actually are intimate and in such a relationship with God where you actually hear His voice enough to know what is actually supposed to be your call. Right? So why don't we just close our eyes and lift our hands for a second. 
God, I just thank you that you are a designer, you're an architect, and that you have crafted every single person's life in this room. You love us, you're for us, and your dream over our life is exciting if we'll just partner with you. I ask God that you would just pour and fill this room with your presence right now. Jesus, we just ask that this coming year would be a year that you would start to give us vision. You would start to give us purpose and you would start to give us an understanding of your promises over our personal lives, that you'd even start to show us the, the areas in our lives that you want to grow and that you want to partner with us in, God, that we would start to stand up in areas where we've just been so weak and broken, where we've actually tolerated just being apathetic and mediocre, God, in Jesus' name. That, Holy Spirit, you would just start working with us every single day, breaking us free breaking us free from old mindsets, breaking us free from being lazy, breaking us free. Jesus' name. That's something I would strongly encourage you, just in your personal walk with God, just ask Him on a daily basis, God, what do you want to show me? What are you showing me for right now? What are you showing me? What are you saying to me right now? What are you speaking over me? It's not always going to tell you everything because we can't, he, He's smart enough to not tell us too much. Because <laughs> too much information, you're going to run off in the wrong direction. You're going to interpret it wrong through your filters of what you think it's supposed to look like. And he tells you just enough so that you can stay in faith. <laughs> and actually, you know, the Bible says without vision, people perish. And so it's so important to actually have that relationship with God where he starts revealing his secrets and his plans over your life. so that you can actually have something to, to move forward towards. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross and he despised its shame. Now, what joy? Obviously, God, the Father, had actually shown him what was on the other side of the cross. So even in your difficult seasons, when you're going through it, ask God to show you where you're going. Because in the difficult seasons, you need those things to look forward to. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And so that's why it's really important to understand that you have your hope in the right thing. Yeah, not hope in your ideas or your dreams or your interpretation, just actually in what God's saying. Amen. Amen. If anyone needs prayer, please come up the front. Um, let's, let's close right now. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you. We dedicate 2018 into your hands. We thank you, God, that as we're getting ready to head out of the month of January and move into February, that you're going to start setting us up for success this year, God. You're going to start setting us up for breakthroughs. You're going to start setting us up for even levels of deliverance and freedom and healing. But promises and vision and purpose in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.